Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll get an update on Manitoba's hay crop. Also, we'll chat with Richardson Pioneer about their expansion in Western Canada. Up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from Tara Bergen with Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba's first alfalfa cut is underway. Tara Bergen is with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Most people have started, um, but some areas, they, they're just waiting till the height is just a little bit bigger, just because it was a bit drier versus where the areas that had a little more rain. How's that first cut looking? It's not bad, but the second cut, Problems will be a lot better just because we've had the moisture come, but it just looks a lot better for the second round. Maybe talk a little bit about that um, that RFV value. How's that quality looking this year? The quality doesn't look too bad, depending on the sections you are at. Uh, like the quality of the feed looks like nice and less, less than when you're in the areas that have more moisture, but the value looks isn't too bad that uh, that frost there at the end of may did that have a big impact um not severely no it just impacted enough just to uh stunt the like the, the growth for like a, maybe a day and then it was fine again just looking forward here are i guess our farmers looking forward to a second cut now or it'll be in a bit still just because we just need a little bit more moisture to get the growth uh, going, but it it should be roughly again, like in a few weeks again, just to see how well it is. For the Green Gold program, is that complete now for this year? It is, yes. I guess overall, your thoughts on, on the program, you know, how things went? The, yeah, like the number of fields were pretty good this year. Um, like a lot of them finally like participated just at the end just because we had the moisture. And the height just finally came when they needed it. So, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a really good year for it. You had 23 fields registered. Um, pretty good coverage over, over the province then? Or? Yes, yeah. yeah. We had uh, quite a few around the like the western Manitoba and the, in the central, with some in the eastern as well. That was Tara Bergen with the Manitoba Forge and Grassland Association. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. In the weekly crop report, Manitoba Agriculture says highly variable weather has continued to stress Manitoba crops. Rainfall is urgently needed to keep crop yields and forage production up. Though localized locations and the eastern region are seeing crops improving compared to the provincial average. Some crops may be maturing quicker than normal and moving into reproductive stages faster than expected due to drought stress. Alfalfa weevil damage is causing forage crop yield losses in parts of the eastern and interlake regions. Some pesticide drift issues have also been reported. Farmers are busy scouting crops, looking at crop development and any signs of insect or disease issues. Canola Council of Canada agronomy specialist Autumn Barnes says it's a good opportunity to do a proper assessment. This is a great time to see, you know, stripes in the field if you had issues with your openers. Maybe you, you were going running a little hot with your seed-placed fertilizer. Um, you know, maybe there were some issues with some root rot, frost. There's been, uh, you know, a few challenges this year to choose from. So it's a good, a good chance to really 
critically assess management decisions and, and hopefully try and do better for next year or give yourself a pat on the back. She says it's really important to walk the field and do a plant assessment, do plant counts, and get a good understanding of plant density. And the first cut of alfalfa is underway. Tara Bergen is with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Most people have started, um, but some areas, they're just waiting till the height is just a little bit bigger, just because it was a bit drier versus where the areas that had a little more rain. She was asked about the second cut. It'll be in a bit still, just because we just need a little bit more moisture to get the growth uh, going, but it should be roughly again, like in a few weeks again, just to see how well it is. There were 23 fields registered in MFGA's Green Gold program this year. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Wednesday, June 23rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Wasser will chat with Richardson Pioneer about their expansion in Western Canada. Today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler talks with Neil Banbury, the Assistant Vice President of Richardson Pioneer, about their expansion in Western Canada. Neil, what we wanted to focus in on is the fact that construction on a new high-throughput grain elevator for Richardson is underway at Carmichael, Saskatchewan. Talk to us a, a little bit about why Richardson wanted to look at that Carmichael area and build a facility there. Carmichael is 65 kilometers west of Swift Current, or you could say 10 kilometers west of Gull Lake, right on the Trans-Canada Highway and right along the CP main line. So we see that marketplace as as a bit of a gap in our overall network across Western Canada. Uh, We do have facilities in in Maple Creek and in, in, in Swift Current, but Due to both of those locations and our ability to expand those locations is very limited. So we've seen Carmichael as being a great opportunity for us to uh, to build a large facility with, with, a, with a loop track and just be able to service that whole southwest corner of, of the province. Now, you mentioned the facility will have a loop track. Can you fill us in on, on more of the details? The site will include a high-throughput elevator, so the elevator will consist of uh, 40... 46,000 ton overall capacity, 21,000 metric ton of, of concrete capacity, and then 25,000 tons of, of steel storage. So, And that will include 60,000 bushel per hour shipping capacity, 30,000 bushel per hour receiving capacity, and uh, a loop track that will be able to accommodate 175 high capacity cars. We will proceed with, with the site work throughout the summer. We'll look to do probably some, some piling and some, some concrete uh, pad work in the fall. And then we'll look to pour the slip early in the spring of, of 2022. And we'll progress with installing equipment through next summer. And we'll be hopefully in a position that we can take grain by late 2022 into that facility. And then once this facility is done, you have more plans in place. Yeah, so once we get the site built and, and the elevator up and running, we'll, we'll look to, to put uh, a full-service crop input site on, on the grounds of this facility. So that would include uh, high-speed dry fertilizer blending and a 10,000-square-foot 
AWSA certified chemical warehouse. And you're hoping for that to be done then about what time frame? We would look to do that in the spring of 2023, so spring and summer of 2023. Now, Neil, as well as the facility that you're building at Carmichael, Richardson Pioneer also building a facility at Huellen, which is just west of Grand Prairie in the Peace region. Yeah, so Huellen's going to be a little bit different. It is just a touch smaller, um, not a lot. It's going to be a few thousand metric tons smaller than than what the Carmichael facility is going to be, just in the difference in design of it a little bit. Um, the loop track is going to be 150 cars versus 175, but it will still be high capacity, high throughput elevator, and we're going to look to do crop inputs at that site in 2022. Neil Banbury is Assistant Vice President with Richardson Pioneer. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Vossler. Thanks, Glendalee. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada's new drought outlook tool is the first of its kind in Canada to predict drought conditions 30 days into the future. Here's AAFC agroclimate specialist Trevor Hadwin. Drought is one of Canada's costliest natural disasters with huge financial implications and often spanning multiple years. Uh, drought does not only uh, affect the economy, but drought results in land degradation, water supply and quality issues and impacts the health of Canadians and the environment. So our group is... Uh, been tasked with monitoring drought and and providing the conditions of drought throughout Canada for the last number of years. And uh, one of the things that's always been missing is the ability to provide a forecast or a heads up to producers and resource managers across the country in terms of how drought might look or develop into the future uh, so that they can better prepare themselves. And and the hope is that the drought outlook will uh, help lessen the impacts of drought and lead to better management practices during the drought. How does this uh, tool work? Yeah, so we've linked uh, our current conditions, uh, the Canadian Drought Monitor, um, to the Environment Canada forecast. Uh, so the Environment Canada and Climate Change Canada provides a 30-day forecast into the future, and we've looked at link or we've tried to link the the current conditions of drought to that forecast. Uh, by using a, a, a machine-based learning uh, model uh, that helps develop drought indices uh, into the future and kind of predicts the classification of drought in, in 30 days. Um, so we, we predict drought as improving, degrading, or remaining the same uh, for all 10 provinces and two of the three territories in Canada. Just how significant is that um 30-day window, I guess, compared to what was uh, previously um, done? Yeah, so in in the past, we haven't been doing very much prediction of drought uh, at all. Um, We've always looked at how things might um, result if we get a little bit of rain here and there, uh, but we've never had the ability to fully understand how uh, drought might evolve over the the next month. Uh, So... um, this is a fairly significant advancement, and uh, the the process that we've launched uh, recently in terms of the drought outlook will continue to improve as the model uh, develops and as we, we keep, continue to tweak and add new data to it. 
And um, just wondering, how are things looking um, at this point on, across the prairies? Yeah, so we do the drought uh, assessment and the drought forecast at the beginning of each month. Uh, so it's usually released uh, within the first week of the, the month start. So um, as of uh, the beginning of the month, uh, we're looking at uh, not a whole lot of improvement uh, across the prairie region, but but certainly some. Uh, so northern Saskatchewan, uh, the northern agricultural regions of Saskatchewan are certainly looking at improving. Um, we've got some improvement along the southern regions of the province, uh, which which is very good. Those areas were in, in fairly severe drought um, at the beginning of the month, so uh, the prediction is that some of that area will improve. Um, but the the large central region of Manitoba and and uh, the central region or central agricultural regions of Saskatchewan look like they're going to remain with no change uh, moving forward. So uh, certainly a little bit of improvement for uh, crops, but probably not uh, overall drought improvement uh, for water supplies, uh, pasture conditions, and other uh, items related to drought. Where can people access this uh, the, the drought information? So all our information is posted on Agriculture Agri-Food Canada's Drought Watch website. So you can either Google uh, the Drought Watch website and look for the Canadian Drought Monitor or the Canadian Drought Outlook. Uh, both of those products are, are listed right there. That was Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada Agroclimate Specialist Trevor Hadwin talking about their new Drought Outlook tool. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glenda Lee Allen Wassler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Farm Credit Canada is offering a free online workshop entitled The Modern Family Farm Transition on July 13th. The workshop offers advice from experts in finance, personal development, economics, and more. Visit the FCC website to register. And the Egg in Motion Research and Tire Kicking event is set for July 20th. Although in-person restrictions make tire kicking and plot tours a challenge this summer, they'll bring up-to-date information from the field regarding equipment decisions, crop research, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website for details. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, a hay farmer in the Steinbach area says timely rains helped with yields in their first cut. Tyrone Lang of Lang Spring Farm chatted with Golden West reporter Shannon Duick. Can you tell us maybe for starters when, when was hay day for you guys? We started on June 7th. Well, what was the quality of that first cut? Uh, well, the, the quality, I mean, we don't have the quality yet because it takes some time to get feed tests in. First of all, it has to go through a fermentation process, and then it has to get tested, and then we get the results. But based on what I've seen, the quality should be pretty good. We would have farmed about 350 acres on our first cut. How many cuts are you hoping for this year? Well, we usually strive for three, but we also will not sacrifice the health of the crop if we are not able to get three. So basically, we will pick and choose what gets a third cut and what does not. Do you supply to others as well? Uh, in the past, typically we would have some for sale, but we have in the recent years gone through some dry years where the yields then get reduced. So last year was a year of makeup. We actually had a pretty good yield throughout the year, and that was just to replenish our inventory. So we haven't really sold a lot of feed in the last number of years. 
How has the moisture been uh, so far this spring? Well, it, it for sure started out dry. It was a dry spring to begin with. We did get some moisture before our first cut yet, which, which, which helped. Like that, that got the, the yield going. So as, actually, as we started cutting our first cut, uh, the yields were marginal, but the stuff that we cut later had some more growth and started yielding better. What's the ideal weather you would want now, I guess, going into the next cut? Uh, what kind of weather would you ask for? Consistent rains and maybe not so much downpours. Like those downpours, when they come down so hard, lots of it just runs off into the creeks and the ditches. So consistent rains here and there and hot weather. It likes hot weather. I know you said it was uh, certainly really dry to start off this spring. How did the fields come through winter, though, this year? Actually, they, the alfalfa wintered better this year than I've seen in quite a while. We had a very good success with the new crops wintering. The plant population was very high. That did well. When it comes to alfalfa, are there, are there a lot of disease or, or insects to report, or is that not as big a deal for those kind of crops? That hasn't been that big of a deal for us. Um, there was a bit of frost that happened earlier this year that did actually slow down some growth it stopped for a few days um, but disease has not typically affected us when is typically the second cut for you guys well we go on a calendar of 35 days so from the first field we mark it on calendar and 35 days later weather permitting that's when we will cut again uh, but the yields for your first cut were good though i would say all in all, it, was, it would have been average to what we've seen in Manitoba or in, in our southeast anyway. Uh, we are, we're quite happy with the yield uh, and more happy that how well it wintered. Like We have nice, healthy fields going forward here right now. That was Tyrone Lang of Lang Spring Farm chatting with reporter Shannon Duick. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Brandon Suris MP Larry McGuire's private member's bill C-208 has passed third reading in the Senate. The bill addresses long-standing barriers that make it more costly to transfer a farm to a family member than to a third party. Canadian Federation of Agriculture President Mary Robinson says that this is positive news for farm families who will not have to face an additional tax bill, potentially in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. CFA expects the bill will receive rapid royal assent. Manitoba's alfalfa crop is undergoing first cut. Tara Bergen is with the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The quality doesn't look too bad. Depending on the sections you are at, the quality of the feed looks like nice and less when you're in areas that have more moisture. But the value look isn't too bad. There were 23 fields registered in MFDA's Green Gold program this year. And now is the time when we see farmers out walking the fields as they look for signs of insect or disease issues. Autumn Barnes is an agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. She says they launched a new tool for producers this year based on plant counts. We started a new project this year called Canola Counts. And what we're doing is crowdsourcing plant establishment data. So when you're out in the field doing your assessments, if you go to canolacounts.ca, um, you can either enter the legal land location or it can auto-locate for you. Um, enter your email address and then you can enter your plant density. And if you have your thousand seed weight and your seeding rate with you, it will actually calculate emergence for you right there. She says one of the features with this is that it will email you the results. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. 
Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update from agriculture in the classroom Canada. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.